Hi. Hi. Uh, here. You've got all the buttons now. Living in a scientific age, we need citizens who know enough about science to make intelligent decisions about what they do. We've used science to, to prolong life, to increase security and happiness. But it can also be used for destruction. Are we going to use it constructively? It'll be up to you. And you too. <laughs> Todd, we have so much to talk about. I know. We've already been talking so we've been much. We've talking so much. So um, I don't know if I told you how much of a genius Isabel Pug is. Oh, wow. Uh, she's right in here with us. Here, let me, let me get her. Okay. Isabel Pug, your little, your little dog that now needs a, oh, uh, needs look, a wheelchair now. Look at her. But okay. So. Hi, Pug. Recently. Hi, Pug. Oh, recently, mic. we taught her Morse code. Wow. Yeah. Okay. And Mark is actually holding his dog right now. Yeah, so. she's she's right here, and uh, she can communicate with us now. So okay, here, let's uh, Isabel Pug, and we'll put her paw on the the cursor over here. Isabel Pug, um, how you doing? <laughs> What's going on right now? <laughs> she's she's talking to us. Oh, really? <laughs> It's a long ride, Mark. Do you know what she said? What did she say? Woof. <laughs> that was not only just a long walk, but like with the effort of picking up your dog as a prop for the joke. I, I needed to sell it. <laughs> did you? <laughs> did you need to sell it? Uh, well, it's good to be back. That's for sure. Oh yeah. Um, so <laughs> <laughs> we need to polish our transitions and segues. I think that's, that's good stuff. All right. So uh, we were just talking about something. What were we talking about? Um, the we were um, talking about the documentary. Oh yeah, the documentary. Uh, the bathtubs over Broadway. Right. So it's a documentary. Um, this writer for Letterman who is super into the industry and super knowledgeable about music and he stumbled uh, uh, Letterman had this bit where they would take old records and uh, put the you know LPs and and really funny title records well this guy stumbled upon a whole industry that none of us know about and the industry is Broadway musicals built for corporations that are only viewed internally at corporate corporate events. And sometimes they're only played once. Uh, sometimes they go on the road to different corporate headquarters around the world. And they included massive budgets that rivaled like the year that Hello Dolly uh, was was released had a three million dollar budget the equivalent uh corporate thing for you know 
Minolta or something something that was Minolta. like 13 You know million. what now that you're describing this I did watch this back uh, when Nick told me and it's amazing. It is incredible. So yeah, it's it's like if GM was putting on their corporate event or whatever, they would literally bring on like a Broadway product size production all about like the automobile and it was right. like we've got dance you know right. and like all the chorus girls and chorus girls they had um, an incredible top name celebrities that were part of these the music was found fantastic and like written by broadway musical people like and so they're they're high quality and so there's this this trove of uh, uh, this tiny little niche that was never marketed to the public and not for public consumption. And so the records, the, the LPs are incredibly scarce, yeah. incredibly hard to find. And there's this tiny niche community and, and it's well, it reminds, one of the best. It reminds me of, of my YouTube channel of finding <laughs> yes, yes, all yes, those yes, yes. internal. That's I, why I, the one yesterday, the pop tarts <laughs> comedy hour with Paula Poundstone, yes, or whatever that but, was. Uh, um, but the, uh, so I think the reason how can people find uh, I oh my so, YouTube channel yeah, the, let's talk about that for okay. just a second because there how many videos do you have now it's a tr it's a three hundred and fifty oh my I had <laughs> no idea I thought it was like fifty no. uh, so you have and six each times one of those represents a dollar I have spent because <laughs> that's how much the tapes cost uh, it's just a look into my poor financial decisions. <laughs> 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 It'll pay back someday. Uh, so give us a, give us a sampling of, of what, um, yeah, what let me go. What's your process? What's my process? So I I make my my VHS uh, notebooks out of out of VHS boxes and and I go to the Goodwill outlet bins because they have just tons and tons and tons of of, of those videos. But I started finding all of these either obscure or forgotten or like uh, corporate videos like we were talking about or all these videos that like nobody would want to buy, but they were just intriguing to me. Most of the time there's like barely a label. There's no box or just right. loose tapes. Uh, and so I started buying them and just uploading them to my YouTube channel. Um, and so oh, I have 358 subscribers now. One for each video. <laughs> One for each video. Oh, that's totally true. <laughs> so, uh, yeah. So, like, yesterday I posted, I'm posting, like, six a night. So, there was one from the uh, 1996 Portland Rose Festival Association. They sent out videos to prospective uh, sponsors for floats and for events. And it's, like, the little five-minute snippet of, like, what what you'll be as a sponsor for the Rose uh, the Rose Festival. And there's a little a little one, one-and-a-half-minute um, video of a segment that Northwest Cable News did about Elmer's flag and banner right after uh, September 11 and how they were just overrun. Like everybody ran out of oh, flags. Right, right, and so right. they had to like make flags like in their shop and stuff like that. And so there's a lot of that. There's identifying Canadian geese. There is the 1993 <laughs> Shoji Tabuchi show, which is worth the watch. There's scroll sawing. There is. There was one that I was watching. Um, so yeah, it's just a bunch of learn to use yeah. the internet, like all of those old VHS. When it, I mean, that was the first major in-home way that people watched their movies, and there was just an explosion of how-to videos and instructional videos and remember, exercise videos. Trying to remember and, the one, Sarah Dillon and I both brought it up at the, the podcasting festival, and was, was it, it Miss Manners? Yes. <laughs> 
was there a, or a sexual it was like, topic maybe uh, how do families uh, was, i don't remember <laughs> how do babies happen <laughs> babies i don't happen? know the one miss manners on weddings was it was a pretty spectacular watch oh so. right, right, right. It could, did they have two sides of the family that were warring yep. yeah 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 yep, yeah yep, yep, yep. That, that's, that's yeah and so like some of them are black box theater which is just like they're <laughs> totally. in they're in the it's very minimalist there's like a door and then like everybody's pretending like it's a church play and it's like about something random and so um and a lot of like disney tour videos like come visit oh. the magic kingdom and stuff like that yeah. which that has a huge niche market too like when i go um, to I'll do a show with Brian to sell my notebooks and and I'll bring VHSs that I don't want to throw away because they're kind of interesting and and all the other weird collectors come buy them and so all the Disney tour videos always always sell out right away. Um, but yeah, that's just at Todd Workoven on on YouTube. They won't let me change my channel name or anything. Ugh. If I if I want to change my channel name, I have to change my entire Google identity, like my Gmail address, like everything that goes out with all of my Gmail stuff, which is all okay. works. That like all of that stuff would be like you know, uh -huh. VHS lols or whatever I would name <laughs> my channel. And like I finally got enough subscribers to get my own um, uh, custom URL. URL, but that can only be your channel name which you can't change so oh, i made a consideration and i just i changed my uh google photo to a vhs tape <laughs> but it's still under todd workhoven so oh youtube so it's uh it's currently december 8th uh we're getting into the holiday season and so uh i thought we'd do a couple things holiday wise okay. just to get us ready for this so yes, well i got ready and before you leap into that yeah um so at church this morning with my little three-year-old sunday school class is the time of year where we all march downstairs into big church and sing our little christmas songs and ring our bell and so we did that today and there was like i think i had 17 in my class and like you meet up with all the other classes so just this horde of children and this gigantic church wandering around and i get back to class and i it was putting probably put my wallet back. I'd gotten it out for some reason and and noticed that I have a <laughs> gigantic hole in the back of my pants. And so it's not like you're in a normal situation and like most people would notice. But like this is the one time where I am in front of all of church. I am down on my knees, like bending down in front of everyone and then walking out of church backwards because all the kids. <laughs> Kids are following me. And so I don't know how well. Oh, my gosh. It's not. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. I can I can see your oh, plaid yeah. underwear. I can see that. I know. I, I, <laughs> it matches your plaid shirt and your plaid jacket. <laughs> I know. So at least that was on theme. So anyway, that was that was a great. I guess it to could look like your shirt's tucked, tucked, tucked in, in or something. Yeah. Anyway, I thought that, okay. was, so, that was pretty amusing. Uh, so yes, holiday spirit. Cool. So. Um, I got your Christmas gifts early and, uh, thought we'd, we'd open them up. Uh, oh, wow. Right so one we got at a thrift store and I wanted it to be the bins because it's so ridiculous. Uh, but, uh, so, and then the other is, uh, uh we'll, we'll talk about it. Okay. So, uh, All right. open, so one of them looks like a, uh, so open the tall one first. <laughs> looks like a giant wine bottle. <laughs> You've gotten me a relapse for Christmas. <laughs> <laughs> You're not too far off. <laughs> <No>. <laughs> uh, 
Colin was drinking apple juice out of like a tumbler yesterday and it just looked like he was there sipping on whiskey. So this is like some sort of Okay. So you what you can hear this? Yeah, you can it's a music box. So it's a music it's box. A giant cylinder, not a cylinder. What do you call that a shit? Cone? A cone. <laughs> Thank you. Okay, now remove the top of the cone. And then remove the top of the cone. And there's a bottle stopper because oh, wow. this is a bottle. Oh, wow. <laughs> that and you can fill with whatever you want. <laughs> right. And it's got like a little spigot like you would right. get on like vinegar or like a a, <laughs> a liquor. So this, it is, a, yeah, how would you describe? I'll it, have to, I'll, I'll use it for a I picture. I would call but. it a Germanic music box bottle. And, but it's not like gla- it does. It looks more like a Christmas ornament because it's the it's got a crest on it, but it's like this cool dark red, my favorite color. Okay, <laughs> okay, <laughs> and then it's got a music box on the bottom. That's delightful. Oh, and it it's, it's got a little stopper. On a it. little stopper, so you you it only plays when you pick it up to oh to drink to drink. <laughs> it does. <laughs> It kind of looks like it kind of looks like a um a cheerleader megaphone. Yes, it does. a little bit. It does with like the school it. mascot on the front, and right. it's got that little crown type it, top. It was the weirdest thing. That's pretty and, great. And, like, and uh, you know, for seventy five cents, I'm like, uh, yeah, I'll, <laughs> I'll, I'm all about this. It's sturdy too. It's st- yeah. Uh, so so there's that. Explain every the, time I pick it up. <laughs> okay, so the other one you need to open away from electronics. Oh, okay. Well then. You'll have to. I'll, I'll you'll there, have to do the play by play. Okay, so while you're you're opening that, uh, there was a Reddit post. <laughs> there was a Reddit post of Mall Santas of Reddit. What's the weirdest thing a kid asks for Christmas? And uh, so Todd's removing the bow and has uh, is removing the the paper. And this uh, person says. After waiting two hours in line, my daughter asks Santa for a hot dog. <laughs> okay. So uh, Todd is now opening a box. And in the box, there's there's three things. Uh, there's a pair of gloves, uh, like rubberized gloves. A 60 feet of rope with a carab- carabiner. And inside foam uh remove that little foam plug just pull it straight up and then pull that all out is a huge magnet okay so so it's a huge niobium magnet that probably won't stick to your hand because your hand is not magnetic but (laughs) yeah it's it's hefty so it claims, and I do not believe the claim, it claims to be able to lift up more than 600 pounds. And I don't believe that at all. Be- and I'll tell you, like, you can put it against metal things and just pull it off. And so uh, you don't need 600 pounds of force in order to do so. But it's a device used for uh, finding metal things like in a river or in yeah, sand like or it like fishing instructions and so uh, it's like a it's like a um a metal detector for fishing e- exactly and so you can tie <laughs> okay well maybe it does have six you have to convince 
Yeah. So, wow. <laughs> so it's a super strong magnet why? with rope and rubberized gloves. So why are there rubberized gloves? So that you don't burn your hands on the rope when you're trying to pull the rope oh, up and down. Oh, 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 right? okay. And so um, <laughs> I bought a matching one of these kits for we myself. We can swing them around <laughs> our head at each other and, <laughs> until they connect. A battle bot. It rips one of our <laughs> wrists in half. You always hear about those those accidents that happen like with tug of war with uh, the people that wrap it around their yes. wrists and it just pops, pops them straight arm. off. Oh, yeah, that's, oh. I don't know if that's an urban myth. No, not. it's not. I don't tell me about it. Sorry. Okay. So, so I got one for me as well. That is amazing. That's a long rope too, it's, 60 feet. I think it's 60 feet. Um, I'm going to have to go dredge a river. And that's, um, you are the 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 scavenger of the family. Uh, you love the bins and all the things that you do. With the bins. Dredging that through the bins. You could dredge through the bins. <laughs> Nothing but <laughs> hypodermic needles. <laughs> Although, I, to be fair to the bins, it's I've never found it gross. It's dirty sometimes, yeah. like dusty, dirty, sure. like an old thrift store. But I've, I've never, never found really it. found anything that's like just disgusting right. or so. Yeah, it's. It's the dregs of yeah. stuff, but it's not the. So it's interesting the angles that they. So yeah, both of those buckle... both those buckles unscrew, and you can oh, okay. choose to keep them both there, oh, okay. or one them. or the other, however you wanted to do it. Right. Uh, and so I think the instructions probably give give more, but if if you were to tie two lines to those, you might get more leverage from an angle. If it got stuck, I, I'd be afraid of it. Like it found a motor and then you can't pull it up. You're, you just have to cut. Or bait. it finds the motor on your boat. Right. right. <laughs> and just gets tangled in 60 tangled. feet of rope. Right. So I'm looking at the, uh, what kind of magnet is that? Neodymium or whatever yeah. that's called. Yeah. Um, I wanted to find out, I'm going to have to edit the show lots. Because I uh, a long time ago I put um, I wanted to put a little there's the two little vents on my wood stove and I wanted to just put a little screen on there so nothing could pop oh, pop yeah. out of it and so I got the little tiny refrigerator magnets the little round ones that look like batteries yep uh, and I use those to stick it because it's a cast iron stove but as soon as it reaches a certain temperature the mag it loses its magnetivity or whatever you want to call it magnetism. Right. Um, and so I was wondering what those were made out of and what that was made out of. And it was, I had no idea that heat could, could affect the magnetism and just take it out and like never give it back. Cause I, <laughs> I was sad. I had to throw those away. <laughs> I didn't know that. <laughs> yeah. It was super weird. Um, well, let's get into a little bit of news. I do want, I think it's time for a new segment. Okay. And so what I want to do is, especially now that we're getting into political season yes. um, on Facebook, and this is not a political thing, this is uh, a, a science thing, and it is uh, one of the news articles that I see kind of shared around a lot, and I I did not read this, but I'm going to read the headline. The headline, and this is from a website called Scary Mommy, which is uh, big in, the, in, the, um, in that community, I think, um, in the mommy community. And the headline is, Teaching Kids to Swear is a Good Thing According to Science. And so I think it would be fun for our segment to be when we see articles like this is to figure out ahead of time why this article clearly is misleading at best, but what the actual science does say 
okay. and how they yeah. extrapolated that into this headline. So why don't you go first? So teaching kids to swear is a good thing, according to science. So what so do I'm you guessing? think? Yeah. Okay. So what do you think the uh, the actual science says? So um, what I would believe is, <clears throat> um, a a child during development, if they feel uh, free to express themselves, as long as, so like my sister. She allows her six-year-old to cuss, uh, five-year-old, to cuss only if she uses it correctly in a sentence. Like linguistically? Yes. <laughs> That's an interesting boundary around <laughs> profanity in children. But... <laughs> yes. And, and I consider them to be pretty solid parents. Right. And But... Well, how old is the girl now? Or is this... Re- five, yeah, yeah. Okay, so this is four, just... Re- yeah, four or five so It'll be interesting old, yeah, to see how that bears itself right. out. Right, and so she doesn't have this huge stigma around cussing. Right. And and I feel like candy, cussing, uh, you know, sexual content, the, the, those kind of things, if you repress it, repress it, repress it, it s- comes out much bigger later in life. And so if you don't put a stigma around it, then uh, it doesn't become a big thing, and it's just n- part of their life, and and they don't have a big right, right, and that's and that's, that's mostly that's mostly correct. Um, uh, but yeah, teaching teaching children to uh, better understand, um, to not be afraid to express what they're feeling, and a lot of times when kids do not know the words to what they're feeling. And this is not necessarily about cursing, but it's just about kids feeling feeling like they have the ability to express themselves um, without there being without there being um, necessarily repercussions to that. Um, but it's not. This is clearly not promoting promoting because this sounds like teach your kids to swear, right? Because it's good for them, right? That and I, I feel like that versus totally trying to clamp down on every right. wrong, you know, you quote unquote wrong word, right? Whatever. Totally, totally. So it's more about having feeling, having the latitude to to find the ways to express how they feel before before they have it. So yeah, pretty pretty spot on for that one. So, but it's it's just it's totally misleading. Well, and most of these. Another good rule of thumb uh, as we're getting into into um, where did I put my into my into the political season of you are fake news. <laughs> um, usually a good a good rule of thumb is if there is a headline that has that is a question, the answer is right. always no. <laughs> always no. Will this cause that? No, <laughs> it will not. Are some will this be the en- no? Is, yeah. is it peas? Right. I mean, and this 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 basically might be might as well be will teach will teaching my yeah. is that right? Will teaching my kids to swear? Yeah. Will teaching? Yeah. Oh, that's weird. I, uh, my kids weird. to swear make them better? No. Yeah. <laughs> no, it's not. So anyway, yes, gird yourself for for lots of uh, fake news coming your way, but um. <laughs> Let's dig in. We've got a bunch of local news, so I'll start, and we can kind of uh, trade off on some of the news here. So an, infi- an influential, 
Maybe you Hello. should start off. <laughs> An influential city panel wants new private buildings to provide space for homeless camping. Yes, and this is from Portland. <sighs> Portland. Portland has a mixed relationship, a, a, a tense relationship. Uh, with reality. With, with reality and homeless. <laughs> Uh, the proposal would stretch what's asked of developers and owners of new private buildings, such as stores and apartment complexes. Have you heard? There's a rumor of Lloyd Center closing and becoming homeless, uh, like really like w- low cost housing yeah, yeah, yeah. and everything. And they keep the school on the one side that's there, uh, but the rest that's would become affordable housing. Interesting. Yeah. Huh. It's not I do like the idea, though, of using malls like that for government. Mm-hmm type buildings and city buildings because it's all in one place with plenty of parking that you can take public transportation to easily. I I know this wasn't about malls. Can we talk about malls for just a second? Yeah, yeah. So the... No, Mark, we're on a very strict... (laughs) We're on a very strict timeline. (laughs) So malls in Portland are nearly abandoned. Uh, Lloyd Center is a ghost town. Lloyd Center is a ghost town, although to be fair... Uh, Washington, Washington Square and Clackamas are busy every time I go there. That's and, that's and sometimes it's on weekends, but I mean, it's a big crowd, not yeah. like, okay. and so, but so, yeah, Lloyd Center is, a, is just desolate. It's it is crazy. Sad. Yeah. Um, apparently there were a total of six employees at Macy's on, uh, on the <laughs> Friday, Black Friday, <laughs> two employees per floor. Wow. Because there was just nobody there. Wow. Okay. Uh, that's Black Friday, the high, you know, the number Biggest one day shopping of the year. day of the year. So it seemed like Boise's mall was more crowded. And I can't tell you how busy the malls in China are. They love malls. Wow. It's like going back in the to 80s. the eighties. The eighties, like I lived at the mall. Yeah. Uh, you know, El Camino Real Mall in. Carlsbad, California was my jam. <laughs> Took the bus there. Uh, across the street was the electric carousel, which was the arcade. You had and, such a worldly life compared oh to me. Oh my gosh. And, and so I loved that place. Yeah. And um, we didn't even talk. I, I haven't even talked to you since you guys went to went to Boise for Thanksgiving. How was it? It was great. Yeah. Uh, we, we like Boise. Uh, Nick's got some uh, family drama going on, and one side of the family didn't want the other side of the family to be there at Thanksgiving, and so we literally just like, oh, look at the time we're we're busy in Boise, and so we <laughs> that's we, what your bumper sticker needs to be. <laughs> we're busy in busy Boise, in Boise. <laughs> uh, and so there's some great hot springs out in the Boise area that you and I visited yeah. uh, during the eclipse. Together, when we used to date. <laughs> during the eclipse uh, event. And uh, so we went out there and we used the um, rover.com to take care oh, of the yeah. pug while we there. It worked out perfect. Yeah, All explain that a little bit. <laughs> so, that was ridiculous. So the Uber of... <laughs> Dog sitters. Dog sitters. Uh, there's one called Wag that's uh, pretty prominent in Portland, but Rover is also really good. So Rover, uh, Isabel Pug is, uh, she's very geriatric. Her back legs don't really work that well anymore. She kind of, she needs. She can't fight when being used as a prop <laughs> in a terrible joke. <laughs> totally. And, uh, and so we're, we, we're spending all day on Wednesday before Thanksgiving at a hot springs outside of 
of Boise from, you know, 10 a.m. to when they close at five or something, whatever. And our options were to like leave her in the car in the snow and, uh, or something else. And so and someone would still throw a brick through the window to be like, this dog is too hot. (laughs) Everybody get him. (laughs) And so, uh, we went on to Rover and for 40 bucks, I found a dog sitter that for all day would take her into her home. And, um, and, and so I found this lady well-reviewed, uh, we got to chat before, got got everything booked up, and I dropped her off for 15 extra bucks. They'll come to your hotel and pick the dog up for Jeez. you. Uh, but we chose to go and drop her off. It was literally on the way. It was five minutes from the hotel. So we dropped her off, gave her food, instructions, and throughout the day, she sent messages on the app of like, here's a picture of her Sleeping. Having cotton candy and <laughs> totally. ice cream and totally. roller, roller skating on the pier. Isabel loved it. She just <laughs> she slept all day. She wasn't nervous. She wasn't anxious. Oh, she, that's good. she had somebody there, and, and so I get yeah. I we got back to her place at six or seven o'clock after dinner, and uh, and she was sleeping on the couch, just like oh, I guess you're back already. My mom and dad tried an Airbnb, <gasps> and but they said the people who own the house were there is that normal yeah that happens yeah. oh i always thought it was like you just went to some yeah no, they weren't no, there no. i didn't yeah. know yeah the airbnb i i we have used airbnb uh only through our friends so like brian and sarah will get an airbnb and okay. we'll stay with them with them so we've never managed the airbnb experience ourselves we have found generally that the gotcha is the cleaning fees so, so like when you get a hotel, you pay a fee and that's, that's it. Right. You get the whole thing. Uh, except if you buy videos and, <laughs> and then, um, excuse me, miss, you said this wouldn't show up on my bill. Credits. At least your hands on a hard body. <laughs> <laughs> a little call back Speaking there. of great documentaries. <laughs> so the, uh, it was a documentary. It's not a porn. <laughs> and, and so, um, there's always like a serve an extra service fee. You just have to read the fine print right. to be very clear. Uh, our next door neighbor has an Airbnb in their backyard. And yeah, so, they um, totally and it, they built it's uh, built a little all the time. Wow. Yeah. So there's like at least that's a private. So I didn't I didn't ask my mom that what like if it was just like the room next to the master bedroom or if it was right. like a separate a separate whatever. Yeah. But anyway, yeah. So blah, blah, blah. They want the private buildings to provide spaces for people to be able to set up tents. And basically the argument is that um, there's obviously a housing shortage um, and we need to do something about all these people that are camping and throwing tents everywhere. So her solution apparently is to... Make the businesses provide for that? Yeah, so... Um, yeah. They're going to meet December 17 and, and send their recommendations to the design center. Um, blah, blah, blah. So it's, it, it's so, it's so Portland to, to take the problem of homelessness caused by out of control pricing that they allowed condos to have 
and now just say, well, I guess you'll just live on the street now. Here's a nice place to do it. Like it's, it's just such a non-solution. I can't think of anything better, like to, from Portland. Yeah, that's exactly. Uh, is Burnside Bridge open? <laughs> is it ever? I, well, I would. I, I have not driven on it ever in the last twenty years because it's never been open. But I did not see any any scaffolding or any work stuff up there. And I said, like, that can't possibly be that. I was listening to an old Rick Emerson in like two thousand six, and they were complaining about how the Burnside Bridge was never <laughs> open. Totally. Um, anyway, uh, moving on, uh, Lil Bub, who many of you will know as the, uh, the cat, I don't know what kind of disease it has, but it had like a, a doofy expression that became a, became a meme a couple of years ago. Uh, Lil Bub died, um, mm. from an, aggr- uh, an aggressive bone infection, which mm. is unfortunate, but, uh, his ashes are going to be sent up to fit to space via satellite. So his owner plans to launch a satellite carrying Little Bub's remade so that she'll forever be able to keep an eye on her fans. So, um, I like how this was a report from TMZ. I know. TMZ was on the case <laughs> for this for this breaking Lil Bub news. So um, anyway. Um, can I jump down to... Uh, yeah, yeah. Uh, so... Uh, I was going to skip that one. Prince Charles <laughs> Prince Charles being prepared to take over monarchy, monarchy will be king by 2021. Right. So, uh, so the reports from multiple UK outlets indicate that Prince Charles is in preparation to take over the head of the British monarchy. Queen Elizabeth II turns 95. 95. In 18 months. Poor Prince Charles. Okay, so I <laughs> I have a competing article that okay. says what is this? Prince Charles's office issues statement about Queen's retirement. Okay. And says it's all bobbledygook. Oh uh, no. Yes. <laughs> it's all gibbledy hop. <laughs> In a rare statement. Lord Lord Shervenfire from West Hampton upon Havensbrook says Shire. So in a rare statement, a spokesman to Prince Charles has dismissed persistent rumors claiming Queen Elizabeth plans to retire when she turns 95. There are no plans (laughs) for any change in arrangement at the age of 95 or any other age. Pish posh. The Clarence House spokesman told (laughs) ctvnnews.ca in an email on Saturday. Wearing a silly powdered wig. (laughs) Totally. So, um... There, there well, are man, you are fake news. <laughs> there wow. are there are hints going on, like more of the official duties are being taken over by Prince Charles, right? And she is ninety five. She is ninety. I mean, really, poor and Prince Charles. I know. Like that's talk how, about always a bridesmaid. How old is Prince Charles? <laughs> and he I is didn't seventy one. Wow. He is almost as old as as our president. Wow. Of the United as States. my mom and dad. My mom and dad are seventy two. I think. Wow. Um. And I didn't know that Prince Andrew was Prince Charles's brother, right? And the Queen's son, right? Like I can't keep all the whatever. Yeah. Nobody has last names, so I can never. Right. So it was like a, on Devonsbrook or whatever. It's like I don't know where these places are. Anyway, um, well, another another Portland thing: unhealthy air conditions in Portland prompt a first ban this year on using wood burning fireplaces. Oh wow. Um, so Multnomah County issued its first ban 
um, because stagnant air and pollution have made Portland's air unhealthy for sensitive groups, such as children and the elderly and those with heart and lung conditions. Um, quote, winter wood smoke is a major contributor to air pollution with significant harmful impacts to people who are vulnerable, says uh, Jay Douglas. Uh, sunburning is allowed if uh, wood is the only source of heat for a household. Um, if the household income is less than 60% uh, or less than... Wait, if the household income is 60% or less than Oregon's median income. So both of those, both of those I hit. It's my only source of income and I'm poor. So take that, air quality. <laughs> <laughs> so we're among the top 25 cities with the most short-term particulate uh, pollution. Nick, uh, cancel our order for wood. <laughs> yeah, so I don't know how long that ban is going to last or what it is. But you can notice... Like if it doesn't rain for a day or two right. here, like it the air just, is just yeah, it it's settles just in this little valley. It's terrible. So anyway, <clears throat> highly contagious urine forces a movie theater to evacuate. Washington firefighters <laughs> say. So, um, <laughs> what I love about the article that you presented here is how it ends. So movie goers at a oh, no. at a showing of Frozen Two had a whole other adventure Friday when a misdelivered package forced the theaters to evacuate. The Seattle Times reports. So the package marked highly contagious human substance <laughs> contained urine samples meant for a Tacoma medical facility Oops. forty miles away. Como <laughs> reported. It's not clear how it ended up outside the North Bend Theater east of Seattle. Someone found the package at 5.15 p.m. and opened it, discovering the dire warning and... That's the end of the arc. <laughs> That's the end and of what I you... must have forgot to paste the rest of that article, which I... <laughs> so hopefully, Whose tab I have closed. Hopefully they're okay. <laughs> dot, 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 and no one survived. <laughs> <laughs> no, I think that ended with nobody knows how the mishap happened sure, or something sure. like that. So, <laughs> and the person who wrote the who was writing the article died, <laughs> whatever this caused. Perhaps he was dictating. Uh. <laughs> All right, and finally, it's a story just for you, Mark. Dad Sounds <laughs> is an album of dad noises starring Colin Mockery. So, uh, That's amazing. It was this is debuting for Father's Day. Says this topical ar topical article that I flagged. Um, so Colin Mockery, who is a genius and he uh, is from Whose Line Is It Anyway, the improv show. Um, so I'm going to play here. I've not heard any of these. We're going to see what uh, some of dad sounds it sounds like. You're an adult oh. living on your own. It sounds like an ad. Stop. Stop. I don't want dad. the essence of dad on me. <laughs> oh, what? this is part no, of this. All the sounds oh, your sorry. dad makes on one convenient album. <laughs> You'll hear all the classics. Classics like Dad gets up from a chair. Dad sits down in a chair. Dad has that first sip of beer. We recorded hours of hit dad sounds with the help of today's top recording artists. Sounds like Dad answers the phone. Yellow. Dad being too loud with the kitchen drawers for some reason. Who's been fooling around with the cutlery drawer? I've actually said that. Dad cracking <laughs> pepper on his dinner. That ought to get us started. Dad just finished watching Top Chef. Ah, ah, come on! Dad reads the newspaper. <laughs> anyway, that goes. I love it. Dad. <laughs> oh, good old dad noises. That's us before the show during our. <laughs> totally. We have uh, 
tried to record pug noises. Is pug? Oh yeah, pugs just make a lot of weird little quips. They are the, the the dad noises of the animal world. They are absolutely the. <laughs> she snores. She grunts and sighs <sighs> at you. Oh like, pug! <laughs> just like. Just yeah. one big ball of skin uh, now. Yes, yes. <laughs> Malformed. Oh, Malformed. She's just a big old hairy raisin. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So let's talk about Sonic Sketches a second before we go into our topic. Mark, why don't you tell me about Sonic Sketches? How much have you been paying attention? <laughs> so you Son- don't have any of the notes in front of I you. I have zero of the notes, but Sonic Sketches uh, is a is an amazing service that you can upload or select a segment of music that is your favorite or upload your own personal audio clip and they will create either a uh, a single pane that is an audio waveform that's um, etched in metal or a three pane version that uh, you can put across there's a word for those three pane ones that is I, it I triptych remember. is something that what they might, call that i've yeah. never known uh, what that was. i think Maybe that's, that's what what's in turkey that makes you really uh <laughs> sleepy but um the <laughs> and <laughs> it's so satisfying isn't it, it is really. <laughs> and uh and they're affordable and if you go go to uh their website and put in the code mark todd uh you will get free shipping on your first order wow nicely done that was all that was all from memory i don't know there we go. Uh, so yeah go to sonicsketches.com and they're really cool and 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 uh christmas obviously is coming up here and this these make uh really cool personal gifts uh, so when you're all done ordering uh, vhs notebooks from <laughs> <laughs> from facebook.com slash a real piece of work uh go get a sonic sketch because they are very cool so check them out uh and do use the checkout code mark todd for free shipping well we are almost to the shortest day of the year we are almost almost to the winter solstice and i want to finally talk about daylight savings time <laughs> which I, for a long time, thought it was just, and I thought it was like Fahrenheit, how it was like us and Papua New Guinea, and it was like, <laughs> we're just in it till the end with Fahrenheit, but it's this worldwide cluster yeah. that makes no sense, is based on nothing, and is just chaos. But but it's for the farmers, right? So, yeah, we're going to get into some of this, and this is going to get, I think, kind of confusing, but at the end of the day that's kind of the point is that this is also needlessly confusing and there's got to be a better way so i don't know so let's kind of dig into it so the fir- the idea of daylight savings time came from new zealand actually from a uh, ent- entomologist named george hudson can i stop you right there yes because i believe that you said daylight savings oh yes i'm sorry saving time <laughs> this isn't the attorney's general <laughs> we don't have multiple so daylight saving the time. The correct is is daylight saving time. time okay. Yes, and I'm doing that thing I hate when people say I, Fred Myers, <laughs> and it's not. It's Fred Meyer. It's not Nordstrom's. It's Nordstrom. It's not Tiffany's. It's Tiffany, and it's daylight saving time. time. Okay. Uh, so in 1895, he wanted uh, more time in the afternoon to collect insects. And so he proposed a two-hour daylight saving shift. A considerable interest was expressed in Christchurch. Uh, so kind of around the same time, about 10 years later in England, uh, a guy named William Willett um, 
who was an avid golfer and disliked cutting short his uh, golf in the summer was to uh, advance the clock during summer months. So this is all kind of coalescing around the same time in different places uh, around the earth, which is weird. So we have New Zealand, England, and then finally, um, uh, finally in England, uh, they adopted it in 1908. So at that time, to Canada, Ontario, Canada introduces daylight saving time, followed by Arilla, uh, which is another place in Canada. Uh, Germany, because they were getting ready for World War I, commenced daylight savings time in 1916 as a way to conserve coal hmm. during wartime. Okay. Uh, and most of the uh, European allies followed soon after. Um, and Russia was the next year in the United States, adopted daylight saving time in 1918. So a ton of people abandoned it after the war ended in 1918, except for Canada, UK, France, Ireland, and the United States, which I'll get back to. Um, it became common again during World War II and then was widely adopted in America and Europe from the 70s as a result of the 70s energy crisis. Um because uh, gas was short, and I don't know, I guess they... See, and that doesn't make sense either. It's like when they do, every once in a while, one of those hippy-drippy, earth-first-type places will have the uh, boycott gas day or whatever, which is pointless because you just get gas the day before or day after. It like does not right. affect our consumption <clears throat> of the thing. So you know, it's a little side, <laughs> a side thing. Um. So that was, yeah, the energy crisis is uh, when we uh, had it in the United States. So in most countries that use daylight savings time, uh, we uh, we do that in the summer. We add time during the summer. But Morocco sets its clock, <laughs> clocks back one hour during the winter. Um, Central European and, and the times that we change are all different. So like nobody really does it. Sometimes we do it at two in the morning. Some places do it at three in the morning. And so like at any given time, you can be in like three different times. There's a place in, in Arizona. So Arizona is one of the two states in the United States that does not change time. Them in Hawaii. Um, right. Within Arizona is the Navajo Nation, which does follow daylight saving oh. time. Within the Navajo Nation is, the, is a little dot of Hopi Nation who does not so oh, we have arizona boy. does not navajo does hopi does not and then there's like one other random place like in this one dot. guy who doesn't <laughs> in the hopi navajo you know the, the turducken of, of daylight it's just savings, always next week somehow um so sometimes let's see and then if you're in the Southern Hemisphere, everything is flip-flops because they're getting their seasons different. And so different places are changing it like at the opposite times in the opposite direction. So, but coming back to the United States. So um, in 1919, Pre President Woodrow Wilson uh, was also an avid golfer and he vetoed to repeal it twice. Um, but his second veto was overridden. Wilson's successor, uh, Warren G. Harding, opposed, this is my favorite, he opposed daylight savings time as a, quote, deception, <laughs> reasoning that people should instead just get up and go to work an hour earlier. Uh, he ordered the District of Columbia to uh, the federal workers to start at eight rather than nine during the summer of 1922. 
Uh, also, for a while, St. Paul and Minneapolis, which are the Twin Cities, uh, were on different time zones for like two weeks in 1965 because uh, St. Paul wanted to join the national movement while Minneapolis wanted to um, follow the state law. So most people say that this is for um, two things. It's usually farmers wanted it and it somehow conserves energy. Uh, neither of those are true. And, and, um, but getting back to the one that kind of keeps up coming now all the time, which is this magic thing that we're somehow saving energy now that like, especially in places where it's hot in the summer, you're spending that extra hour indoors with an air conditioner on your spit. You're, we're surrounded a lot more by electronics or our light bulbs are led now. So they're not taking near the power that they used to. And so you get about a $4 fluctuation twice a year in like one person's electricity bill as, as far as the, the energy savings go. Uh, so those points don't really. But you multiply that times 350 million people and you suddenly have a gajillion dollars, right? <laughs> yes. Well, <laughs> let's get to that because there is, um, let's see. Uh, the people, so um, the question always is who, who is behind, like who is fighting for this? If it's uh, clearly yeah. not for, and that's always been my question. And it turns out that those who benefit most from daylight saving times are retailers, sporting good marketers, and other businesses that benefit from an extra hour of sunlight. And so, uh, yeah. for instance, uh, having more hours of the sunlight in between, uh, after the typical workday, blah, 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 um, you get more time to part participate in sports. You're more likely to stop at the way uh, on the way home for some sun. Uh, in 1984, Fortune magazine estimated that a seven-week extension of daylight saving time would yield an additional $30 million for 7-Eleven. And the National Golf Foundation estimated that it would um, it would up their revenues two hundred million to three hundred million dollars. Mm. So in that same amount of, in that same time in the mid eighties, Clorox and Seven Eleven were the primary funders for the Daylight Saving Time Coalition. Um, both senators from Iowa, uh, from Idaho, uh, Mike Crapo. And Larry Craig. Remember Larry uh, Craig? Oh yeah, Larry Craig. I wish I had that sound, but I am not gay. Did you hear him do that? <laughs> yes. uh, he was the foot tapper. Yeah, yeah. Uh, so they both voted for that based on the premise that fast food restaurants sell more French fries during daylight saving time. And most of those potatoes are from Idaho. Um, so let's kind of get into some of the problems that this cause uh, causes because it's not just money for 7-Eleven. Um, it can harm some f some farmers, it says, young children and those uh, people with uh, having troubles with sleep anyway. One reason why farmers oppose it uh, is that grain is best harvested after dew evaporates. So when the field hands arrive and leave earlier in the summer, their labor is less valuable. Dairy farmers are another group who complain about the change because uh, the cows are sensitive to the time of milking, as are the two dogs at Colin's house, the two giant English mastiffs who can never figure out the the. <laughs> change in time and why I'm not feeding them <laughs> when I'm supposed to be feeding them. It's like that dog we had in the story that said, love you, no, or whatever, <laughs> when he learned to talk. Um, so, so blah, blah, blah. 
So changing clocks and rules have a direct economic cost, uh, entailing extra work to support remote meetings, blah, blah, blah. In 2007, North American... Oh, a, nor, a, two, a 2007 North American rule change cost an estimated $500 million to $1 billion and um, uh, in lost opportunity, they're calling $1.7 So basically all of this shifting around and time and and people being thrown off of their schedules and being tired uh, is just a bunch of lost productivity twice a year. Um, and it says a one-day loss of $31 billion on the stock exchange. I don't know how they... <laughs> there is a, a a note to their methodology so if you're curious i guess there is that but um clock shifts also were found to increase the risk of a heart attack by 10 percent and dis to disrupt what? sleep obviously effects on seasonal adaptation and circadian rhythm can last for weeks a 2008 study found that although uh male suicide rates in the weeks after let's see so, a 2008 study found that although male suicide rates rise in the weeks after the spring transition, the relationship weakened greatly after adjusting for the season. So I don't know what that means. The relationship weakened greatly after adjusting for season. What does that mean? I don't know. <laughs> so confused. Found that although suicide rates after the, after the trans transition... There was a rise in suicide rates, but the relationship was weakened after adjusting for season. Okay, so... So maybe they had... Like, the sads. holiday season has a higher than the Normal. rest of the year suicide rate. Okay, so they couldn't so count that you, one. if you add in the seasonal adjustment for suicide rates... Okay. ...then it doesn't become a problem? Yeah, I guess. Although you're still going to have a heart attack. <laughs> Right. So, yeah, somehow uh, the, this, uh, Swedish studies found that heart attacks were significantly more common in the first three weekdays after the spring transition and significantly less common in the first weekday after the autumn transition. So anyway, there has been moves around to uh, adapt to permanent daylight savings time, which is to say on the summer hour, uh, summer hours all year with no time shift, which would be my preference because then it's not getting dark at 4.30 in the afternoon uh, in the winter. So uh, those countries who want to do that are Argentina, Belarus, Saskatchewan, Iceland, Kyrgyzstan, Malaysia, Morocco, Namib Namibia, Singapore, Turkey, Turkmenistan, and Uzbekistan. Um, in the United States, uh, uh, Florida, Washington, California, and Oregon legislatures have all passed bills to enact permanent daylight saving time so would that mean a move to permanent daylight savings time Means oh so would be on <clears throat> summer hours so we want to do it correctly okay good right. i was afraid that they were going to do it backwards and stay on winter time the whole time so isn't oh so which one is arizona on um aren't they not on daylight saving time oh they are yeah i forget which way they went though I think they stay. Well, yeah. Why don't you look that up a second? Um, so, Washington, California, and Oregon have all passed that, but that bill requires a congressional approval in order to take effect. Yeah. So, Arizona has no daylight saving. So okay. They, so they would still be on winter time. So yeah, they would stay an hour different. Uh, and if Washington, California, and Oregon go, um, I wonder what Idaho would do, and they would be on a different time zone every now and then from right. Oregon. Right. And Oregon has two time zones in it. 
Oh, that's right. It does start in Eastern yeah. Oregon, doesn't it? Yeah, it does. Oh, that's crazy. Um, but uh, Maine, Massachusetts, Massachusetts, New Hampshire, and Rhode Island have also introduced uh, similar proposals. Blah blah blah. Um, but unless Congress changes federal law, states cannot implement permanent daylight savings time. Uh, states can only opt out of daylight standard time. They cannot go on permanent daylight saving time. So, all of that being said, <laughs> it makes oh start. <laughs> That being said, <laughs> that would have been a great introduction. <laughs> no, it, it there is the fact that it's it, there's no reason, like comprehensive reason right. for it, drives me nuts. And I guess, like, when you look at the globe, and especially in the winter months, the variation of when it gets dark and light, like I can see because the the more the further you go north or south from the equator the more uh countries adopt daylight savings time obviously because that's where the time shifts happen the most and that's why hawaii who is close to the equator it doesn't matter what time of day they're on because it's always the same um but it's just weird that most of it came out of people wanting to play golf and study bugs after work um so hopefully Hopefully it's just something we did we don't have to do anymore. So why don't we just switch to the Swatch internet time? Do you remember this? No. So there was a period of time where Swatch Watch introduced I love Swatch Watches. <laughs> I always wanted a Swatch Watch growing up, but they were so expensive. Or the big the big wall Swatch Watch version, which was looked like the big wrist watch, but oh, it was yeah, like yeah. wall size. I think I think Zach Morris had one in Saved by the Bell. <laughs> So Swatch Watch did what? So they introduced a new concept of time and how to deal <laughs> okay, with okay. with all of this. And so they That's bold. <laughs> so they divided up the day into 1000 beats. So that each uh so one Swatch beat was equivalent to 1 minute and 26.4 seconds. <laughs> Still with me? Noted. So there's 1000 beats a day. And there's no time zones. So let's meet at 564 means the same thing whether you're no matter in where you are. Shanghai or, or Portland or right. New York. And uh, eradicate the whole concept of, of time zones. Time zones and time. Because, I mean, it is completely so arbitrary. Then they had beat watch that you could buy that's pretty and, great so. well uh ancient civilizations uh they used to d just divide the daylight into 12 hours regardless of how much of it so each daylight hour became longer during spring and shorter during um right. autumn uh and the romans kept time with water clocks that had different size scales for different uh for different months but that's a whole that's a whole different thing um so now I can stop complaining for a while Doubt about it. daylight savings time. <laughs> Anything else? What's coming up? Anything? Christmas is coming up. Um, <laughs> boy, I am really shoddy too with those with those <laughs> transitions. <laughs> and we're not even transitioning to anything except for the 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 end of the show. So we'll just end it. Listen to Fun Employment Radio. Yeah. Um, awesome. Listen to us. Uh, Portland at the movies next week. We are doing a movie I loved called In a Walk in My Shoes. 
um, which I don't think is available anywhere but on the DVD that we ordered. But I might try to upload that to my YouTube channel mm. and see if anybody uh, copyright flags it. And I might um, I might make that available if I can. Um, so check that out. Um, other than that, last week we played the Capital One, um, the the that song, the the corporate song. Yeah. Speaking of oh, bullets right. over, not bullets over Broadway, bathtubs over Broadway. Um, and this is one too that I think most people have heard, even if it's been a while. It's one of the early memes or whatever. But it is um, Jefferson's Jefferson Starships. We built this city, but it's we built this Starbucks, and it's all about how to be a great Starbucks employee. And I know the song way more, be- way better than the actual song. And so I can't hear it any other way than being <laughs> knee deep in the mocha. So um, anyway, let's take us out with that. We will see you guys next time. Thank you for listening. We built this Starbucks. <laughs> we built this Starbucks and and so built this Starbucks. Can you imagine these people in the we audio booth just wanting to die? I trained at Juilliard. Say you won't slow down or rest at this place. Say you don't know how we grew to this kind of place. In the mocha, making coffee right. So many partners working late at night, living the ways of being in the green apron book. Don't you remember? We built this Starbucks. You built this Starbucks on only has 946 views it's a shame it's from uncle bling all right well that goes on for five minutes so i don't play the whole thing someone's always working dms and inside sales we care and service levels of driving better sales We just want to build here IMDS does it pass it's Corporate speak 